Howdy folks, Generic Cowboy here, telling you that this episode of the Eclectic Gamers Podcast is brought to you by the Roanoke Pinball Museum in Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke Pinball Museum, it's an interactive museum, it's sort of dedicated to the science and the history of pinball. Its mission is to cultivate curiosity in science, art, and history through pinball but while preserving and honoring its role in American culture. The museum is open every day except Monday, and it houses over 65 machines with models ranging from 1932 to 2018. I sure hope they have a buckaroo. Roanoke Pinball Museum, your world of entertainment awaits. Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, November 1st. Pay your rent. Actually, it's probably late by the time you've heard this. Episode 127. I'm Tony. I'm Dennis. And yes, make sure your rent was paid on time. You don't want to be thrown out in the cold in November. Yeah, that is the wrong time of year to get thrown out. Yes. Well, uh, unfortunately, it's also the wrong time of the year for much in the way of news, though. I think we're going to have a good, juicy video game topic coming up here in a little bit. I don't know if good is the word I'd put it. Juicy good works, isn't deliciously though. evil. Juicy works. Mm-hmm. Speaking of juice, what's been going on, Tony? For those that don't know, Tony and I have been talking about for the last 10 minutes what's been going on, and we're not going to share all of that because it's not happy. Yeah. It's just depressing. Yeah, that's right. And we, uh, well, we're here to bring levity to your lives. That I'm, I'm getting tired of every opening being, man, work's been a real pain. Mm. So uh, what has been happening? Do you play any games? Read any books? I did. Uh, I finished The Shining and I've been started the the unknown to me until I finished The Shining that there's a sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep. So I started that. I've never heard of that until you told me. I'm just starting it. It's definitely your just super happy, go lucky follow up to such a happy, happy book like as The Shining. I mean, it's all rainbows and and unicorns and happiness. Uh, <laughs> yes, you, you've convinced me. 2020 might be the wrong year to be reading these books, but. Uh, that's why I haven't reread The Stand this year. Though I'm going to mm. watch the miniseries when it comes out next month. Because oh. or, a new it, miniseries? The, new miniseries, or it's a new limited series that's going to be coming out. Uh, CBS has it. So it's going to be on their CBS All Access. Mm. Every channel has to have their own darn yes, web thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, yeah, there's bells in the background because there's the dog. a bunny or a squirrel or something and the dog's being a pain in the took us because of it squirrel uh or it could be the skunk that we have nearby <gasps> skunk that, that skunk sprayed somewhere and it didn't smell like skunk it smelled like skunk or some or mixed with something else and it was weird but it started coming through the heater vents in the house Ugh. and it woke the dog up and it freaked us out. So yesterday morning at four in the morning, we're sitting out front with the fire truck here as they go through the house with the sniffer just to make sure we don't have a gas leak. Mm. So. But it was just uh, baked skunk. It was just skunk, which, I mean, that's good. Like I yeah, told it's him, great. it's like, ah, it's, it's better than the option, the, or the alternative. 
I wasn't going to sit here and just go, oh, it's probably just a skunk, and then go to sleep with my family and have us obliterated in a fireball. Mm. Um, I did have a gas leak once, out, uh, which uh, to me, it didn't smell like gas. And I I had a housemate at the time who went outside and said, uh, Dennis, this smells like uh, this smells like natural gas. And I was like, okay. So I called them, and then, yeah, it actually there, there was the line outside near where the air conditioning unit is outside of the house. So you could smell it kind of near the kitchen, but it wasn't yeah. leaking inside. So that's why it was sort of intermittent. Really weird. And they had to run a temp line out and it was the winter. So the temp line was there all like all winter because they couldn't dig in the dirt. Yeah, no, I said it was just one of those things. So that was yesterday. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Fun. Uh, but yeah, no, otherwise I've just been, I've done that. I started reading. Well, I started listening to in audiobooks, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which is a translation of a Japanese light novel, sci-fi novel that's real uh, well-known. And then I realized that, hey, there's eight of these novels and only four have been done in audiobook form. So I abandoned that. I'm going to read those next. Hmm. I'm going to actually read them. But it was it it was really good. So I I've seen the anime and the books were better. Surprise. It's just like anything else. The books are almost always better because they cover so much more than you can in a movie or a TV series or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, that that's where I've been between that and uh, the Mandalorian started and back up and discovery started back up. And yeah, one of those is much better than the other. And, I'm not going to tell you, but I have a feeling that you don't need me to. <laughs> yeah. Hey, some people like the Discovery ship design. Oh, God. It's like the worst Star Trek design ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I have seen those new episodes for both of the. I'm all caught up on both of those shows. I am uh, done with the first three Dune books. I'm barely into uh, God Emperor of Dune now. Mm-hmm. When it starts getting weird. Yes. Uh, I read a part of the, I read the intro that, uh, that Frank Herbert's son wrote and it's like, okay, so the tone's going to change. Okay. Good to know. Yep. Uh, I have only video game I've been playing recently is uh, Slay Away Camp, which is a movement puzzle game where you basically are a Jason Voorhees clone going around and killing campers in a Minecraft art aesthetic. So <laughs> I've been, huh. I've been doing that in honor of Halloween because it's, it's really just a puzzle game. I actually did play, I had my best uh, game of Stern Star Trek, the pinball machine ever. I broke 382 million points. That's more than a hundred million more than my best score I had ever had. On wow. Game, which I think if I know what I did right, and I probably don't, is I believe I got double scoring active by getting warp nine and then basically going right into Kobayashi Maru and doing double scoring into the mini wizard mode. So I think that's what I did. I'm not quite sure. But uh, so I did that. And then because we just had Halloween, I was trying to watch a bunch of horror movies. So it's like I watched Halloween. I watched Halloween 2. I watched Cabin in the Woods, which I had never seen. I watched Wishmaster 2. I watched Friday the 13th Part 6. I watched 30 Days of Night. I actually this morning was watching uh, some Clive Cussler. Uh, not Clive Cussler. Excuse <laughs> Clive uh What's the Stephen King guy who's not nearly as good? Dean Koontz. Uh, Dean Koontz, yeah. I think it's Dean Koontz's book. Uh, like Masters of Illusion or something. It's got Scott Bakula. It's basically Scott Bakula has jumped into the wrong movie. That's what I'm thinking of. Hey, I like Scott Bakula. 
I do too. But sometimes he has a bad jump, apparently. Apparently. Uh, so he's just been watched a whole bunch of horror stuff. And speaking of horror, does Cabin in the Woods count as horror? Hmm? Does Cabin in the Woods count as horror? Uh, I mean, yes, I think it does. I think it falls under the genre of horror, but it's one of those where it's obviously there's a lot of comedic elements to it. So it, it bends the, it bends a bit, but it's like how scream is a spoof of horror, but it's still in the horror yeah. genre. I mean, it's still got, it's a total, I mean, in terms of splatter effects is a total splatter slasher style. Yeah. Graphically, it's incredibly gory. I really enjoyed it. That and I, I always, a lot of times I'll watch like that and uh, Dale and Tucker versus evil when I want my horror comedic play. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see the uh, Buffy influences when I watched it. But of course, with uh, Bradley Whitford involved, all I can think of is, is, oh yeah, this is West Wing of zombies. Yeah. Zombie West Wing. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk and slash and walk. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Oh, uh, I miss that show. I do too. Well, speaking of missing stuff, let's go ahead and get into the, the meat and potatoes of the episode. And we'll start with pinball as we usually do. Meat I only have and taters. A couple topics. First one I wanted to touch on is I was listening to the Super Awesome Pinball Show. Super and- Awesome. Yep, it was super, and it was awesome, and they had an interview with the owner of Spooky Pinball, uh, Charlie Emery. And this, I wanted to note because in all the shows that I've been on, either as guest or co-host or whatever, it, it all blends, obviously. I don't, I can't keep it mentally all straight. Uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation, a uh, game you like. Game Very I much. Like. Uh, I know I have been commenting publicly that it's been my suspicion that there would not be any more TNAs. Charlie in the past had said that there was a plan to do more TNAs with with changes, not layout changes, but like improvements, uh, maybe different art stuff going on. Yeah, that sort of idea. That's something that he and the designer Scott Denisi had maybe discussed. higher build quality. Yeah, yeah, it could be a variety a variety of things that that could be engaged. But I always assumed that that talk made sense to them when it was their best selling game and they were in the throes of putting out Alice Cooper Nightmare Castles. Mm-hmm. But after instantly selling out of Rick and Morty's at a 750 unit run, my just like business assumption was it doesn't necessarily make sense to do another TNA run because they probably will have their next game ready by the time because it's an 18 month build to finish Rick and Morty. Well, on Super Awesome Pinball Show, Charlie did say he reconfirmed they are fully planning to do a, a two point what he called TNA 2.0. So. He also confirmed that it will be the same layout. It's still going to be TNA. They're going to play the same, but there will be changes. There will be additions. Uh, As I recall from the first discussions on, and this again ties very cleanly with TNA 1.0, where Charlie had noted that they deliberately kept the price lower than what they normally would have put it at for their typical profit share because they wanted to get the game out there. So I'm assuming this will cost more money as it had had been expected to from that get-go. But I guess I, my general question on this is, other than I wanted to announce what he said so that that stands as a correction to what my assumptions had been. But to you, Tony, I want to ask, do you think it makes sense for Spooky to do any sort of additional run of TNA? I can see them doing an additional run of TNA. One with substantive changes seems a little weird to me. Yeah, and, I, and again, I don't know if that is, like, are we talking 
completely different art package? Are we talking that the the display does something more? You know, the the animations are fairly basic on TNA. Are we talking right. different, or is it just like um, some some mechanical improvements to the consistency on the optos for the Denisi lock and, and yeah. better protection? And it it for could the be scoops. something like that, which would make sense. See, because to me is uh, TNA is their only game that they ever that they've put out as far as I can think of that wasn't called a limited edition. So it makes sense to be the game that they kick out some here and there when they're between other games. Now, does this mean that their timeline for the follow-up to Rick and Morty is so far back that they're going to have uh, downtime in the factory uh, that they're going to fill it with this TNA 2.0? Maybe. Uh, I honestly wouldn't have thought that they'd be that far back with the next game unless um, they've been more heavily hit by uh, the COVID issues than I expected. Um, it seems a little strange to me, but I like that they're put that they've got a plan. Yeah, I uh, I mean, my initial thing, I had not, because I, I bought mine new from Spooky. It's my, my second new inbox game I've purchased. And back when, a little bit after I got it, when I had last looked, the TNAs were trending at about $5,500 was sort of what they were going for on the used market. So I didn't see, and it was a $6,000 game base new. So my initial thought was that mathematically, I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense because the games go for less than they sold for new. I'm looking at the archive on Pinside now, and apparently I am that is not the case anymore. It seems like the 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 games are running about on the low end, like fifty-seven fifty, all the way up to seven thousand dollars, which I'm assuming those might be butter cabs or whatnot. Uh, obviously the features make a bit a big difference on what what you bill for for a TNA. So Maybe there's a market for it. I, but kind of, yeah, kind of, again, I just my my assumption was always, as you noted, it was the only non-limited. Um, I, I guess some of their other contract games technically didn't have hard limits initially, but those are said and done projects like the Domino's Pen and such. So, I I get the ability to have something like that to go back to. It just given the like given the success of Rick and Morty, they know the recipe that works. Get get a really good theme. Lean into your limited nature uh, and sell them all right away, and then keep yourself busy for a year plus. So I don't like from a business standpoint. I don't see this as a as a as a great idea. I don't see it as a bad idea. I just I don't see the need for it. So I find it a little odd, but it's a really fun game. So I think on that on that perspective, I could if they can sell more of them and there can be more out there for people to enjoy, I'm all for it. How many do you think they, a 2.0, do you think they move? How many units? Uh, if they do it like they did in the past, they're going to want to build them in blocks of 50. I say no more. I would guess just, I'm pulling this out of an orifice. My guess is that they do a hundred to 150 just to have some in storage. Uh, to see a how well the idea takes and b to cover them until they can start actual production on their next project. Okay. Um I actually and earlier. Oh, and by the way, Zach Minnie from the Pinball Show says hi, Tony. Says oh, hi to you specifically. Hi Zach. Okay. You You'll can tell Zach him. next time you speak with him that I said hello. 
I think he listens, so he'll probably hear you actually say it. We'll see if that works. Then. It does. You can, you can, oh, yeah. Because he knows it's you like, don't listen to it, him, it's so like I have that, to pass it's it It's like that episode of, of Futurama. <laughs> Tell my wife I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think your count's reasonable. Uh, on, the, on TPS, uh, both Zach and I had speculated 100 units, I think. Because uh, I don't think they're going to initially sell all 100, so I think I don't think so. Their stock I, again. I don't know. I don't know what's going to be different, and I don't know what the new like price five is. something. Hmm? Wasn't the original run like five something? Uh, they Am I misremembering. No, no, it's 550. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it was five. I thought it was in the 500 range. Right. They were. They were trying to do like blocks of 50 were how they were ordering the supplies, as I understood it, and. They sold and sold and sold. And then they had a few, like when I bought mine, which was in February of 2019, they had two left and they'd already built all 550. And so they, they had announced months before, I believe that cutoff. So they had a few, you know, they still clearly had a few around or were still building. And that was then when they transitioned into doing their, uh, their Alice Cooper builds. So yeah, uh, I, that's where, I, yeah, that's where I think it it will end up. Uh, the big question is how much TNA demand is there versus all the other newer games that have come out since then, and what are the 2.0 features? Are they seductive? Like, are people who maybe had TNA 1.0 who sold it miss it and decide to get a 2.0? Like, I think that's the market. I don't think there's a lot of high demand for more See, TNAs. But if you're I, looking at if you're looking at the 2.0 changes, primarily mean slight cosmetic changes or maybe um upgraded mechanics that they don't change the play they're just better quality due because they've got a new supplier or they've got a, there's a new something i think that most likely what you're looking at is we're not quite ready to start the design point of or at some point they weren't quite ready to start the design point of their follow-up to rick and morty so to keep the design team busy, they spruced up TNA before they started on the next project, which means they'll have a window because something was behind that'll let them kick out a hundred machines or whatever. Yeah. hundred, 150 yeah. machines. My, my only thing is I, I don't think they are behind. I, I think that they, they're, they're unveiling a new designer for the next game. I think it's ready. I think they're pushing to try and get the Rick and Morty's done faster. And part of that's probably just the pressure of do you how many do you really want your customers to wait eighteen months for a game? I mean that that's not an it's not a great position to be in. But yeah, I just I don't think they need to do it. I think that's more a want thing. Like Charlie and Scott just think it's a, a cool idea, and so they want to do it. But well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, it's an interesting idea. That's for sure. It's kind of like their version of stern vaulting stuff with new art. Yeah, yeah. Now that's where I like. I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're going to change the art or what. I like the art package on the. First I do one, like so the art pack. I, I like it was everything really cool. about the. I like everything about TNA. It's fun. It beep. is my favorite. They could put in more beep, beepier version. That would be better. More beep. Speaking of beeping, uh, if you want to beep in slow motion, the slow-mo guys, they showed how a pinball machine works just the other day. I have a link to the video in the show notes. This was really interesting because one, how pinball machines work is cool. Two, slow motion is cool. And three, the pinball machine was actually provided by Jersey Jack Pinball. It was a Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. 
As of earlier this morning, I checked that video had been seen by 290,000 view viewers. And for those that don't know, the slow-mo guys are what we call outside of the pinball industry an influencer. They have 13.9 million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, they're, they, they are not a small channel. They're a very popular channel. I was going to ask, Tony, if you had heard of the slow-mo guys, but I also knew that that would be an incredibly stupid thing to ask. Right. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they, the, uh, I've heard of them. Uh, I have perused many of their things. Surprisingly enough, though, while I've watched a lot of their stuff, I'm not a subscriber. Yeah, I'm not either. I mean, but it just shows, because it shows up like on the homepage of YouTube. So, yeah, and that's I mean, the big thing is there are a couple people that I watch a lot of that I'm not subscribers to because they're so big, they are always appearing everywhere. I so. mean, I don't have to subscribe to Will It Blend. I know I will find it. Right. <laughs> Which, Jersey Jack, don't do not do it. Don't send you Don't loan them a pinball machine to the Will It Blend people. You will yeah. not like what comes back. No, no. <laughs> but, um, so, and I, I did hear it confirmed, like, uh, it was Jersey Jack approached slow-mo guys about this. So, Tony, let's discuss how smart this was. This was a – this is – I mean, I know for a fact that we have talked about this together and with others outside of the show. This – yeah, this this ties – well, this ties in big time to our marketing 101 talk when Travis Murray was on the episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the type of thing that I think is is – if they want to get – seen and get things known outside of the pinball hobby this is the type of thing they need to yes i'm gonna be more i'm gonna be more i'm gonna be more direct let me let me turn to the audience let me i'm now facing the microphone i was already but now it sounds like i really am (laughs) let me be more let me be more blatant stern are you listening are you watching this this is what winning looks like when it comes to marketing, this is what winning is. These are real numbers. Yeah, this is this is a very good thing. I like what Jersey Jack has done lately. The 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 Guns and Roses launch and the way they handled that, I was really happy with. Now this, I'm really happy with. Uh, there are a few other. Big name places, I think, that could probably be slipped into pretty easily uh, in the influencer cab- uh, groups. Uh, but it's definitely a smart move. It, it, it's a great move. They are playing the influencer game the best of anybody in pinball by leaps and bounds. And that's why I'm not I'm not linking this in the show notes, but for those that have not heard, I, I do actually, for once, will suggest you going back and listening to a prior EGP episode, our, our Marketing 101 episode with Travis, because, yeah, we talked about this. We talked about the influences on that episode and where there could be kind of this cross-pollination of people that are not pinheads, but are fertile ground to grow new pinheads. And that's where this the being a tech oriented channel showcasing how something works the intricacies of the mechanics of pinball are interesting to people that would watch the slow mo guys that's why it's such a great audience because it's not your typical audience but it's an audience that you would think would like pinball i remember going and watching the video yesterday and like the top 2 comments when i loaded the page the first two ones i saw one of them was just like Whoa, this is really cool. I can't stop watching. And then the next one was the whole time I'm sitting here thinking I want to buy a pinball machine. I saw that comment. 
Yeah. No, it. I mean, and again, it's what and why I pointed to that episode we did. What Travis noted is when you have something like 13 million subscribers, it's not like you're selling 13 million pins. You just need a small percentage of these people to research this and then a smaller percentage of that decide they actually want to buy something that were sales you never would have gotten anywhere else. You were never going to get it through some live stream reveal on Twitch. You're never going to get it because you put it up on your own uh, Facebook page as a pinball manufacturer. It's a a new growing, a new audience, not just waiting for them to come in and find pinball, which seems to have been the strategy for the last eight years. Yeah, no, I fully agree. So I'm going to, I'm going to golf clap. Yay. Good job. Jersey Jack pinball. This, the whole marketing strategy you have done throughout 2020. Uh, I think I, I mean, really, as of the GNR reveal, this is so, I just think it's really smart. I think it's it better is. than any, I think it's better than any other manufacturer is doing by a mile. And it would be a travesty of the others do not copy you. A travesty yeah. to the this is, Obviously, I not mean, a travesty to JJP, but right. But I mean, this is one of those things where it's like, congratulations. This was amazing. Do it again. Yeah. This is the type of stuff that is going to get the hobby grown. This is the type of stuff that's going to get the company's names known. And they, I think they did absolutely the right thing by picking uh, Wonka as the game to set. Mm. Yeah, no, it was everything about it. I just, it's a really cool video too. So even if you're not a Wonka fan, the video is really fun to watch. So it I, was, I, I do suggest it. Even if you already own pinball machines, take a look at it. It's cool. Speaking of cool, Tony, we're already ready for the video game segment. Are, any cool, are there any, are there any cool delays? Little stuff that there's going on lately. Are there any cool delays you want to tell us about? Oh, yeah. There's so many cool <laughs> delays. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. What's, tell me about the thing, Tony. What makes this humorous is the fact that CD Projekt Red. Famed, spent, famed developers of The Witcher. Correct have spent the month since their last announcement of a delay on Cyberpunk 2077 talking about how the delays are done. We're good. Just days ago, they had a post out. They had they, they were on social media sharing that, yeah, no, the game's gone gold. We're mm, going. Gold, We're that's good. like guaranteed. Yeah. They flat out told people who asked, they're like, yes, there will be no more delays. You are okay to take November 19th off so that you can play Cyberpunk all day. Great idea. I got to get my game on, Tony. You do. It's right there. It's a great idea. It's available. Yeah, they announced a delay. No! That's my Vader yell. That didn't sound like Vader. (laughs) Uh... But they promised. They, they promised, and they broke their promise. And I think part of this is the issues with making announcements about games, period. But at the same time, I don't think it would have been as bad if they hadn't been going so hard on, yeah, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, let me ask you, Tony, why do they keep committing to dates if they just keep going? I mean, why do they give dates? I don't know. That's I do not understand what happened. It used to be the norm that you did not have a firm release date for a game 
until that game was done. But I, I agree. But I and I'll also say it used to be, and I I have heard of uh, in in the last two gener going back to the PS four or three and the three sixty, like four or six games where once you go gold, you come out, you don't delay right. anymore. So well, the thing with that is, is going gold doesn't really mean anything anymore. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. Everything's updated. Nobody plays the game that comes out on on the disc. Everything gets updated. But they had ban like I saw on Reddit. I saw a photo of a banner at Best Buy saying, "Come in and get Cyberpunk on the now wrong date." I know. <laughs> it was I know. a banner. It's insane how hard they went on this, and it's just. It's just trashed and gone. And the reasoning, and here's the thing that gets me, the reasoning for it from all the reports is the game is 100% ready for PC and next-gen consoles. But current not current-gen? Gen? consoles, it's not ready for. What? But they've had forever to know. They know the current-gen specs. Why is that the problem? I, I don't know. I don't and get it. And what makes it even harder to understand is that while it's releasing on next-gen consoles, the actual patches to make it utilize everything in the next-gen consoles aren't day one patches and are expected to come early next year. Oh, God. I, Tony, I, this I don't is even, all a mess. I, I don't I, understand it. I think my guess... From the various things I've read and looking at it is that when they, they they finished everything up and everything was looking good. And when they went back and started doing play testing on uh, current gen machines, my guess is either there were loading time issues or there were hanging issues. There was something that was bad enough that it would be uh, a review killer that they've got to clean up. Well, it's not a bad theory, but I just, I mean, it's so many of these decisions. I, I think early on when Cyberpunk started to delay, obviously you had COVID delays, which people were very sympathetic. They felt almost in a rock star mode where it's like, we want the best game possible. So people were really, I think, wisely forgiving to announce delays to have a better game product. But yeah, especially after the last, not this now new delay, but the one before, which then all the reports started to come out about the crunch conditions. This just looks like now. What'd you do? Did you crunch your staff for nothing now? The crunch conditions when they originally said there would be no crunch. Yeah. yeah. And then there was crunch. So oh, is there more feedback on the crunch stuff? Because surely there's blowback about that. There is because uh, there was a recent investor call and the joint CEO, Adam uh, Kikinski, said the crunch was not that bad. Oh, was he? Was he in the crunch? Was that how he knew that? I, I don't know. He said, he said, and I quote, regarding crunch, actually, it's not that bad and never was. <gasps> of course, it's a story that has been picked up by the media and some people have been crunching heavily, but a large part of the team is not crunching at all since they have finished their work. It's mostly about Q&A and engineers, programmers, but it's not that heavy. Of course, it will be extended a bit, but we have feedback from the team. They're happy about the extra three weeks, so we don't see any threats regarding the crunch. And amazingly, the team apparently disagreed with him because the blowback they took internally was enough that he had to send an email out to the team 
apologizing for his comments because they came across as demeaning and harmful. And also not surprising, some angry developer leaked his email to the media. Mm. So now there's more stories about how he downplayed a crunch that exists and demeaned everyone by saying, oh, it's not that bad. It's not heavy. And it's only on the engineers anyway. Yeah. And then the truth of the matter is, is the email was pretty bad. Uh, I'll quote from the email. It's like, I had not wanted to comment on crunch, yet I still did. And I did it in a demeaning and harmful way. What I said was not even unfortunate. It was utterly bad. I didn't want to talk about this terrible topic. And then I did as a total potato. I mean... I knew knew we shouldn't say anything. And so... But I just couldn't help myself but say all the wrong things. I'm such a great CEO. I mean, no wonder they have a joint CEO system. They need the other one to cover for this guy. This guy obviously shouldn't be allowed to. I mean, I, I didn't mean to comment on it, but I still did. I mean, like, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm sorry. That's like walking up to a blind date and just saying, hey, nice. I mean, <laughs> you know now what you it, remi- it reminds out. me sorry about that no it's no it's fine because i'm gonna we'll have to have a beep because i'm gonna have to put in another one too because it reminds me of the scene in the last boy scout where he goes oh yeah no i understand oops i slipped and my <laughs> fell in your wife <laughs> <laughs> just like what that movie underrated that movie had so many good lines in it yes oh yeah no oh it's just it's so bad i mean it is so bad that in august cd project red's share price was at an all-time high and it has fallen 25 percent that's massive whoa that is huge impact. I mean, I heard on another uh, gaming podcast that I listened to, obviously, uh, the issue has now come up that with all these delays, a lot of people thought um, this was going to be game of the year. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, I, maybe it'll be game of 2021 because there's not enough time to review it for game of the year at this point. Right. And, cause, and that's the thing is with it coming out in December, a lot of game reviewers have a hard cutoff of December 1. Anything not out by December 1 isn't counted for that year. They go it rolls into the next years for possibility right. of game review. And, and and it's a, and that's it's a smart approach because it's really unfair otherwise, but Right. Huh. So, uh yeah, no, it's it's one of those things that it's just but they've lost a quarter of their worth since the announcement of the last delay. Yeah. Because they were riding an all-time high, and then they announced the delay from September to November, and they've lost a quarter of their net worth. Yeah. I I just think early on, with having to do delays, I thought they managed it very well in a very rock star manner. And it's just it's interesting just how they've taken that and just turned it into a disaster by repeatedly missing dates, committing yeah. and missing. The things with crunch, you know, instituting when you said you wouldn't do it and then downplaying what you did to act like you didn't really do it when you did. And then you upset your own staff. I, it's just, wow, there's there, there's probably a good, maybe not a book, but probably a good like three-part article series that can go yeah, into. No, they, How CD Projekt Red screwed this up? For a company that walked in with so much goodwill 
that they've shredded it in, in six months. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that that's probably the best comparison of all time. It remind it's like, and we've lived this, you and I, wa- like watching the old Square stuff and how it became the tarnished Square Enix, or more recently, right. the fall of Blizzard. Yeah, and that's what this feels like. The question is, can they come back from this? Is this something that they're in a position that they'll be able to, to, to bounce back? Because this isn't the same level of bad blood that ha- that has been created by Blizzard over the last several years, or that happened with the fall of Square. And I think it's entirely possible that they can, especially if this game is as good as everybody hopes it is. But I mean, it's just their investors have got to be just horrified to see the drop in stock prices because CD Projekt Red came into this year with uh, Witcher 3 got released on um, the Nintendo Switch and had enormous sales. The Witcher TV series had just come out on Netflix and was hugely popular. And now they're here. I hope this game's as good as to good enough to make up for what it's done to the company, how how it's tarnished the the company over the course of the last six months. Yeah i I think they can. I think they can come back. I think any company can come back as long as it can survive. So as long as it survives and 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 can cut off the arm that is holding it to Activision, any company can come back. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, we'll have to you see. You hear me, Blizzard, please? If the game okay. is good, if the game Cut is good, if it's not Get a Mass Effect and drama. Get away from Activision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Microsoft, do you have a, you got any of that uh, buy up a bunch of major company money lying around? Can you just yeah. buy Blizzard away from Activision? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 I have a lo- lot of hopes for this game. I really do. I've not pre-ordered it because I don't really do that kind of thing like I used to. Uh, but I am planning on picking it up after release. Yeah. No, I so far, I still have a pretty high degree of confidence that the game will actually be really enjoyable. Right. If it it ticks out. all of my interest boxes. That's why I'm going to give it a, I'm going to go for it. I mean, it ticks like, all of my interest. And that's where I think even with all the drama behind all of this, I still expect this to sell very well for CD Projekt Red. And that ultimately money is what matters. So. Right. And they're still going to get it out in time for Christmas. I guess. Hopefully. I I just, I I can't, I can't, unfortunately I cannot trust dates from them now. No. They've they've uh, they've uh, ruined that. They've they peed in the bowl of Cheerios too much. Even worse if they they pushed into January. I think I, I agree with you. I, I think they just hurt themselves so much worse because the Christmas season is such a big season, and and just the the simple fact that they pushed out of November into December has caused multiple other games to push into January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're trying to vo- avoid the behemoth. Yeah, it's just, it's not worth it to them. Those games would rather lose the Christmas sales because they're not the same. They're just not at that level. I mean, that's the, and that's the thing is 
most of the best games lately have not been AAA titles. And most of the AAA titles you hear about are, um, you know, Call of Duty 2020, because it might as well, I don't care what you call it, it's just like FIFA 2020 or Madden 2020. It, it's the, it's the yearly flavor of that game. And that's what most of the big AAA titles are anymore. At least that's how it feels. Mm, yeah. But this one has been the one that everyone's been waiting for. This has been the monster. So yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Well, I guess it worked out for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. Because I think it was going to have to go up against Cyberpunk on the original release. Yeah. Speaking of that, Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft. You like my transition there? Yeah, that's a great transition. Ubisoft has made an announcement that there are eight PS4 titles that will not work on the PS5, which pretty much doubles the number of PS4 titles that don't work on the PS5 based upon the last announcement from Sony. Because Sony had an announcement of like 10 titles that would Right, work. I remember that. And Ubisoft just added eight more. Uh, did they say why? Not really. Uh, the Not in the articles I read about it. I know, looking at it, most of them are VR titles, or several oh, of them are VR yes, titles. Yes, um, I, know, I know Star Trek Bridge Crew is VR. And Space Junkies is VR. No. Uh, I don't know about- And I see there are a few Assassin's Creeds. The Chronicles yeah. games are 2D uh, platformers. Right. And, all, and it's basically all the Chronicles games aren't making the jump. So Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Uh, the Chronicles Trilogy Pack, Chronicles India, Chronicles China, Chronicles Russia, Risk, Bridge Crew, Werewolves Within, and Space Junkies aren't making the jump. Two of those, at least two of those, I know are VR titles. So, um, I don't know why. Uh, they just, they don't work for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know that any of those are a big enough name to really bother anybody. Probably Except for maybe Bridge not. Crew. A lot of people play Bridge Crew. Yeah, uh, I want, the VR people might be a little upset just because I, I'm assuming it's not ideal for them to want to keep two consoles just to keep doing all the very limited VR titles they've got. Right. Uh, the Chronicles games I don't think sold very well. Uh, they're not. They're not like mainline Assassin's Creed. They're not as I've played. I've played a couple of them. They're not. They're, I don't think they're great. So I don't think that's you're missing much there. And risk, oh, they can program a new risk later that'll work on it and it'll be fine. It's risk. Is this risk risk? Like they couldn't get a board game to work? Yeah, apparently. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, Ubisoft. Maybe you need some crunch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to say. Oh, it's, it's too hard. It's a board game's too hard. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. This this game released on PlayStation 3. No, it's too hard now. We can't, we can't solve the mysteries of Risk. I know. So, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Ubi. Uh, well, they've got a lots of issues. Because Ubisoft, as you recall, earlier in the year were having major issues with uh, within their teams and with some executive level shenanigans shenanigans the word I'll that's, go with a, shenanigans. Ki- that's a kind word yeah yeah horror stories yes uh fit better 
I'm guessing that these just basically weren't, weren't plug and play compatible with the PS5 and they don't want to invest the staff resources to make them work because they're not popular enough. That's my guess. I would assume that's what it is. Because since they, since the PS4, uh, or I'm sorry, P- the PS5 doesn't have the same level of backwards compatibility that Microsoft built into the Series X, I think that's the issue. Mm. Because PlayStation said, hey, we want most stuff to be backwards compatible, but they're not going all out to make everything backwards compatible. Yeah, I think as they, I mean, dominating the PS4 current gen the way they have, that hasn't needed to be a focus of theirs. And Microsoft fairly early on with uh, when Phil took over, I think, really relied on trying to exploit backwards compatibility to get people that were big 360 players to want into the current gen. And they're just continuing that concept. That's my take on just like they have two different strategies given where their place is in the market. Yeah. Well. Speaking of the market, I think we've marketed ourselves to the end of our episode. Pretty much. Well, I think is, we had a really fun discussion on CD Projekt It was Project fun. Red. It was a lot of fun. That I have not great. laughed that hard on a podcast in quite a while. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm, I'm not sorry. laughing it's at them. So, I'm laughing with them. It's just so, oh, they were just, they were going so hard on social media. That's what makes it funny is they went so hard on social media pushing that date. And, and, and the developers didn't even know about it. Nobody knew about the the delay in, I mean, none of the developers knew about the delay in company until the tweet hit. Get ready for a surprise. (sighs) Surprise, three more weeks of crunch. They love it. Engineers love it. (laughs) You get three weeks of crunching. You get three weeks of crunching. You get three weeks of crunching. The the Oprah of Cyberpunk. (laughs) (laughs) And then he tells the investors, oh, they love it. They love, love that's right plants plants love it and so do engineers they love crunch they love it they love working 12 hour days six days a week they love it and that's if they're the lucky ones because the unlucky ones are sleeping under their 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 desk in fact they're hours. in fact they're happy about the extra three weeks <laughs> they're happy they're great we got some stuff set up Postmates can come and just drop their food right off at the front desk and security picks out the good stuff for themselves and sends the rest on up. Oh, I bet they do. I bet they do that. I'm sure they do. (laughs) Oh. Oh. (laughs) Well, uh, listeners, for those of you that want to pick out any of the good stuff you heard in this episode and and contact us about it, you can always email us at eclecticgamerspodcast.gmail.com or visit us and message us over at Eclectic uh, Gamers Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash eclectic underscore gamers we're on twitch instagrams and the tweeters at eclectic underscore gamers and i don't know what we're doing in two weeks tony other than we'll have another episode but we'll have another episode i don't know what's we're gonna make fun of something probably um i'm sure we will It'll be fun for us. It might not be fun for you guys, but it'll at least be fun for us. I do have a correction. I gave the wrong Facebook link. I did it like the other socials that you announced. It's actually facebook.com slash eclectic gamers podcast. Don't stick in an underscore and you do need to add the word podcast. So. Oh, yep. Who knows where you'll go if you put in an underscore. I have... You probably go right into the CG Project Red Crunch cycle. Don't go probably. there. There's a trap. There's a trap. <laughs> there's a knock on the door and they're just like, we need you to crunch. <laughs> we need you. You'll be happy. It's like, but, but. But I've never, uh, I haven't programmed anything since basic. It's okay. We need your help. We need need your help. (laughs) 
it's like the bad fanfics where somebody where they just knock on the door someone's having their normal day and then like they're like this hero from some stories there's like i need you and grabs him and takes off and it, it's like the terrible mary sue fanfic <laughs> oh. I saved CD Project Red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> until until two weeks. I, I'm Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>